Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us again on the PCICS podcast, the podcast for pediatric cardiac critical care and the official podcast of the Pediatric Cardiac Intensive Care Society. My name's David Werho, and I am a cardiac intensivist at UC San Diego and Radio Children's Hospital and one of the hosts of today's podcast. Today, we have a really special episode in that we've joined forces with the PD Heart podcast, and I'm going to go ahead and hand it off to Dr. Rob Pass, who's a professor of pediatrics at the Icon School of Medicine, Mount Sinai in New York City, and the host of PD Heart, as he explains today's episode. Today's is a very special podcast in that my podcast, PD Heart, and the wonderful PCICS podcast, which has actually been running a little bit longer than my podcast, are joining forces. The reason that my podcast and the PCICS podcast are doing this week's Together as a Joint Episode is the extraordinary occasion of the upcoming 8th World Congress of Pediatric Cardiology and Cardiac Surgery, which will be in the United States, in Washington, D.C., for the first time since way back in 1985. The Congress is running from August 27th to September 1st later this year, and we are extraordinarily honored to have Dr. Gil Wernofsky, who's one of the co-chairs of the World Congress, join this extra-special double podcast in one. Dr. Wernofsky needs no introduction, as he is certainly one of the most important pediatric cardiologists and pediatric cardiac intensivists of the past 30 to 40 years. Gil is a graduate of Penn State College of Medicine for medical school, and he completed his residency in pediatrics at New York Hospital Cornell, followed by fellowship training at Boston Children's Hospital. He is presently a senior consultant in pediatric cardiology and cardiac critical care at Children's National Hospital. Prior to his work at Children's National, he was the medical director of the PCICU at CHOP, where he developed one of the first neurodevelopmental cardiac programs in 2008. Prior to his time at CHOP, Gill worked at Boston Children's Hospital, where he was the Associate Director of the Cardiac ICU, working with such notable authorities and giants in the field of cardiac critical care like David Wessel, Peter Lawson, and Steve Roth, to name just a few. He is known for so many extraordinary achievements in our field, with perhaps some of the most important of his research works being the landmark Boston Circulatory Arrest Study from 1987 to 1992, as well as leading the International Primacorp Study from 2002 to 2003, which was the largest multicenter trial in pediatric cardiac intensive care. He has edited six textbooks and 13 journals, and he's published nearly 300 peer-reviewed manuscripts. He's also a founding member of the Pediatric Cardiac Intensive Care Society. In addition to all of these massive achievements, I would say that at least equal to all of these achievements would be the extraordinary impact that his teaching at bedside has been for so many. And I am proud to say that I was one of the many, many trainees who have benefited from his uncanny knack to teach very complicated things in a manner that any learner can appreciate and gain from. Today, we're going to speak with Dr. Wernofsky about the upcoming World Congress, and I'm joined by the PCICS co-hosts, David Werho, Diana Tsenedos, Jill Zender, Lillian Sue, and Sadie Rodriguez. Wow, talk about a bunch of powerhouses. Welcome, Gil, to this week's special podcast. It's the pleasure of a lifetime. Very kind of you to say. We all appreciate it. So I'm going to hand over the beginning of this uh, discussion with Dr. Wernofsky to speak with us about the 8th World Congress of Pediatric Cardiology and Cardiac Surgery, which is going to be in Washington, D.C. from August 27th to September 1st. This is so exciting, and I just know everybody listening is going to be very enthused by what we have to say. So David, why don't you take it over and start asking uh, our wonderful guest, Dr. Wernofsky, about it? 
Thanks so much, Gil, for coming. And we're all super excited, not just for this podcast, but more so for the World Congress and seeing you and everybody in D.C. this year. Um, Let me ask you first, for our listeners, they may not know a lot about the history of what is the World Congress um, and what are its core values or purpose. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the background? Yeah, thanks, David. Excuse me. Thanks, David. Um, It's it's actually... I hope you'll understand by the time I'm telling you sort of this history, you realize how this is a once in a generational event. Um, in 1980, uh, Dr. Jane Somerville convened the first World Congress of Pediatric Cardiology. Uh, and then in 1985, uh, Dr. Welton Gersony at uh, Columbia had the second World Congress of Pediatric Cardiology. Um, that's the last time that this meeting was in the United States, 1985. Uh, In 1989, the cardiac surgeon had the first World Congress of Pediatric Cardiac Surgery, and then it was realized that they really shouldn't be separate meetings. So the very first World Congress of Pediatric Cardiology and Cardiac Surgery um, occurred in Paris in 1993. Um, It was supposed to be in uh, Kobe, uh, but because of the nuclear disaster, it was moved to Honolulu in 1997. And since then, it's been in Toronto uh, in 20, oh, excuse me, 2001, Buenos Aires in 2005, uh, in Australia in 2009, uh, in Cape Town in 2013. Uh, it was supposed to be in Istanbul in 2017, but because of political unrest, it was moved to Barcelona. And then it was supposed to be in D.C., which I'll tell you about in just a second, in 2021, but then COVID. Uh, so here we are in 2023 for the first time. Uh, since 1985 that the continental United States has hosted this every four years meeting. It's almost like the Olympics. And the bid process is a little bit interesting because it is very similar. At the Super Bowl in 2009, uh, I went with my good friend, Jeff Jacobs, who's a surgeon at the time at St. Petersburg, and I was at CHOP. And we had been running meetings together for about 10 years, a CHOP meeting and the St. Pete meeting. We did some together. Um, and Jeff said, why don't we try to bring the World Congress to the United States? Um, this is 2009. And so we got about uh, 30 centers to help us with startup funds. So we had a little money to plan the bid. In 2014, we brought the International Steering Committee here. And the United States won the bid against eight other countries in 2015. And we've been moving along since that time. So this is uh 14 years we've been planning the meeting for 14 years to give you an idea of the workload and uh it's been really a labor of love um so we put together a group um and as you said david there we decided many people think that meetings are just the scientific program because that's the front facing end but there's a lot of other stuff that goes uh, along in the background um and i thought i'd just share a little bit with you we, we really tried to set out a real vision statement, vision and mission statement. Uh, And the vision that we uh, have decided on is to, (laughs) may as well set the bar high, uh, to improve the global standard for pediatric and congenital cardiac care. This is a world Congress. Uh, And for many of the younger generation, uh, it may be very eye-opening to see what's different, the way things are done in different parts of the world, let alone different parts of the country. The mission uh, is to organize the most comprehensive scientific forum ever convened for this patient population. 
as well as for their caregivers, and to improve the duration and quality of life for neonates, infants, children, and adults with pediatric and congenital cardiovascular disease. Our core values, the first and foremost, was uh, economic, ethnic, gender, and geographic diversity. It's very easy to make this a high-income country meeting. We go to those all the time. This is meant to be very inclusive. Uh, second core value is advocacy, advocacy for patients and families across the globe, at the educational level, uh, at the institutional, and in uh, lower resource countries at the governmental level to help with those kids. Um, third is training the next generation of providers, um, seamless sharing of best practices. Uh, and then I think the, the overarching theme, if I could pick one, would be that of collaboration. And this is different. I, when we talked about the beginning, it was cardiology in their own silo. And then it was cardiac surgery in their own silo. And then those started to work together. But as all of the people listening, and as you all know, this has become interdisciplinary and interinstitutional field. Um, the collaboration part is the key. And I think one of the, the coolest things that we've been able to do is, uh, PCICS is one of them, is we've had 13 international societies uh, decide to not hold their annual meeting uh, as they normally do uh, and embed the scientific content within the World Congress. So it's basically 13 meetings in one. Uh, it lasts about a week. Um, it's not like going to a three-day meeting and then going home. This is a week of investment in your career uh, where you're going to get results uh, that will last you know, hopefully your entire career. So that's that's things um, that's the a very long answer to what seems like a very short question. Uh, but after you know 14 years of doing this, we have just a great opportunity uh, to do something for good. And then the final thing is that we have decided that we have to um, pay it forward. This is not going to be a one and done. We plan on doing a, um, a give back to the BC Washington community. Uh, we're still working out the details of what that are, what that is, as well as creating white papers, enduring materials, number of things like that for uh, for the next generation. Wow, Gil, that's all super inspiring to hear about, and I'm already, you know, I was already excited about the meeting, but I'm even more inspired hearing all of that. Um, I think you've gave a, given us a bit of a, a preview of what we get to look forward to in DC. Do you want to talk a little bit more about all the different um, things that in the programming that people are going to want to look out for? Uh, sure. Um, first of all, let me tell you about the tracks that are embedded and then the other types of uh, sessions that you could go to. Um, and again, to be clear, let's take an example like the Pediatric Cardiac ICU Society. We meet, we generally have three days of content. We might have, what, 24 hours of sessions. We have 46 hours across the time frame of the meeting. So you can you can follow your ICU track or whatever it might be, but then you get a chance to pop over to ECHO or neonatology or something like that. Uh, and then half of the sessions are the combined efforts of two tracks, like electrophysiology and ACHD, or neonatology and the Cardiac Neurodevelopmental Outcome Collaborative. So collaboration really is the key here. The program at a glance is up on our website. I'll say it a few times, which is www.wc or Congress PCCS2023.org. 
So I'll, I'll just sort of read off the tracks because I, I have them listed here, but um, the embedded societies are the Cardiac Neurodevelopmental Outcome Collaborative, the Pediatric Heart Transplant Society, the Fetal Heart Society, the International Society for Adult and Congenital Heart Disease, Global Arch, which is a global alliance uh, for rheumatic heart disease, um, a Sudden Cardiac Death Symposium, the Congenital Cardiac Anesthesia Society, the World Society for Pediatric and Congenital Heart Surgery, the International Society for Pediatric Mechanical Support, Pediatric Cardiac Intensive Care Society, PD Rhythm, Neonatal Heart Society, and PICS, which is the interventional calf meeting that, that Z has run for many, many years. We have subtracks on uh, big data, new technology, and AI. Uh, there's special sessions for perfusionists. There are um, there's a special trainee track every day. Uh, there's a basic science track, um, quality improvement, and so forth. So it, it really is a interdisciplinary collaborative type process. That's so uh, awesome to hear. It was very interesting to hear um, how intentional it is to be a world meeting and really to represent the world. And I'm wondering, um, do you have an idea of how many countries are represented and speakers that are going to be coming from, from other parts of the world? Uh, we're just in the process of faculty invitations and acceptances and decline. So I can give you rough ideas. The scale of the program is 170 sessions, 2,700 individual talks, and a faculty of 900. Wow. Roughly, roughly half of the speakers are from North America or Great Britain. And then the other half are basically, we basically have just about every country represented. Um, one of the things that we learned with the Congenital Heart Academy, which we started during COVID, was how thirsty for information people were from countries like Sri Lanka and Vietnam and Pakistan and Nepal, who don't who would never be able to come to a meeting. So we intentionally not only have um, invited faculty from there, we've kept the um, registration fees very, very affordable. And we may get into that a little bit later, but it's really our intent through scholarships and charitable donations and industry support to bring people uh, to here to Washington that wouldn't have no chance to see a meeting like this and to talk about what it's like as a practicing pediatric cardiologist as the only practicing pediatric cardiologist in Nigeria, for example. What What is that like? Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. I, um, I'm really looking forward to uh, interacting with and learning from all of those people. Um, me too. One, <laughs> one other um, question that I wanted to ask, I know you said it's been a uh, 14 years in the making, so probably hard to summarize um, the planning process, and I know it's still ongoing, but what are some of the highlights or things that you take away from this experience of planning the, the World Congress? That's a great question. Um, I would say the most impressive thing is the generosity um, of our colleagues uh, around the world to share what they do, and especially for the societies. Um, you know, we all we all have our own individual egos, and our society have individual egos. And some of the societies use their meeting to actually help with money uh, to keep their society running. Uh, and there was no society, none. No society that we approached that didn't want to embed their meeting. And we're very, very grateful for them. I have 
personally have the privilege of um, being on the inside a little bit of this planning process um, as co-chair of the marketing committee with Grace Van Leeuwen. And um, just as this Congress is a kind of once in a lifetime career opportunity for all of us, it's been a great experience for me, but I can truly, as being a part of those meetings, speak to the fact that um, you guys have really focused as an executive committee on making this interdisciplinary and um, really focused on the global reach. Uh, and I would say that anybody taking care of a cardiac patient anywhere in the world, the hospital, inpatient, outpatient, um, can benefit from this meeting. That being said, um, with all of the content that we have to look forward to, is there anything that you're specifically looking forward to? Any speakers, any talks, um, any of the sessions? What are What gets you most excited looking forward to this meeting actually happening? Boy, that, that I, I I could sort of very snarkily say the last day when it's over, but I'm but I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna say that. Um, it is a great question, and I didn't. And Jill, I'm glad you asked the question because what I didn't emphasize enough was how important it was for nursing to be at this meeting. Uh, we take that for granted now, uh, PCICS for sure, and at many other meetings. Um, a, that's not international at all. That's a very uniquely North American type meeting. Um, there's one session that Katie Dodds is our interdisciplinary and uh, nursing chair. And there's one session that she's put together, which is a very informal conversation with the nursing giants who basically started pediatric cardiovascular nursing. So I'm really looking forward to that. Some of them are people that I worked with. Most are people who taught me how to do post-operative care. Um, it's, uh, I'm very excited about that. Um, we have 16, we've picked 16 landmark lecturers, uh, across the nations and across the interdisciplinary fields. Um, I can give you a few of the highlights, Jane Newberger, Nestor Sandoval, Deepak Srivastava, um, Bistra Zaleva, Dave Wessel, Susan Nicholson, uh, people that are key people in our field to reflect on what their careers have been and where we're heading with all these disciplines. Um, we're expecting about 4,500 to 5,000 people in one big room. I don't know if anybody on the podcast has ever spoken in a room that big. Uh, it's a little bit intimidating, but it's so exhilarating to be with that many colleagues from that many places. Um, I think, Jill, rather than any particular talk, it's going to be that that feeling of, of everybody working together, you know, for the common goal. Yeah, I, I also, you know, because of my own, my own interest in intensive care as well as neurodevelopment, there is a couple of um, really good collaborative sessions with the Neonatal Heart Society, the Cardiac Neurodevelopmental Outcome Collaborative, and PCICS, uh, where we all look, and nursing, of course, and, and we all look at these problems uh, with a different lens. So that, that's one example of the collaboration that I look forward to. Yeah, I agree. That does sound um, exhilarating is maybe not the word that I would use, maybe terrifying, but I think <laughs> it's definitely something to look forward to. What's great, Jill, is you can't see the audience. It's totally black. So <laughs> okay. You just, go, you just go into it. It's fine. <laughs> so oh, you can tell you you're giving the opening plenary. Oh, no, I might be busy then. All right, keep, you, keep an eye on your inbox for your invite, okay? <laughs> okay, great. Um, so say I'm listening to this podcast now and I decide that I need to be involved more than just um, an attendee. How can you talk to us about 
abstract submission, um, when, how, um, when we might hear about um, acceptance and stuff like that? Sure. No, I'm, I'm glad you asked me about that because it's uh, we're doing something, to my knowledge, it's the first time it's ever been done. Um, we're having a, well, let, let me just take a step back. 17 of the tracks um, are going to have oral sessions for abstracts. So our abstract submission opened two weeks ago. Uh, we've received, I think, 450 already. Um, uh, again, it's on the website, wcpccs2023.org. Um, the uh, Each of the track chairs from the scientific committee are going to select the best nine in their track. And during the oral abstracts, and the rest will be posters, um, During and they will be up the entire time. So I'll take another step back. So there'll probably be about 1,500 posters. They'll be in this huge exhibit hall. It's not like you have to get there in one hour or you'll miss the poster. They're up the entire time. The nine oral ones are presented, and with a fancy audio response, uh, audience response system, each track will then vote on the best, like, say, electrophysiology abstract. And we'll have 17 best sub-discipline tracks. But the cool part, I, I, I'm really excited for this, is on Thursday in the afternoon, those 17 top abstracts will be presented to the 4,500 people. So I probably would never hear what the basic science, translational science best abstract would be, but I'm excited to hear what it's going to be sitting next to the surgical abstract and the rheumatic heart disease abstract and the neonatology abstract. And then we'll have a bronze and a silver and a gold medal winner like the Olympics. Um, hopefully we'll have the national anthems playing, you know, it's, it's Washington, you know, you got to go with all the pomp and circumstance, but the whole abstract presentation process uh, and uh, oral and best abstract in the world um, is really pretty exciting. So we are encouraging people to submit abstracts now. It's open on the website. The uh, deadline for submission to be considered for an oral abstract says it on the website. I think it's um, second week in May. And we will notify people uh, the uh, second week in June if they're a poster or an oral abstract. This is amazing. I'm really impressed with how much insight you've given us on the planning behind the scenes sort of look. And one thing that is so striking is the number of people. And I was hoping you could speak a little bit more to all of the listeners who are wanting to go, wanting to submit abstracts, just learn, et cetera, how and where People can get more information on registration, hotels, looking at the meeting um, ahead of time. Got it. Perfect timing. Uh, thanks, Sadie. Um, you've all heard the stuff that looks good on the outside. You know, like it's sausage. You don't, you don't necessarily want to know what's happened in the background here. <laughs> uh, but the front-facing end is really, we're very excited about it. Um, uh, our registration page will be live in two weeks. We made another commitment uh, to make absolutely no increase in registration fees compared to Cape Town, uh, Barcelona, Cairns, Australia, and here, adjusted for inflation, of course. Um, our hotel fees were actually cheaper than originally because when we were supposed to have it in COVID, nobody knew what was going to happen. So the hotels were really psyched to have us back and guaranteed. So they drop the rates, which are expensive for people coming from abroad. But for a four and five star hotel in D.C. to be about 210 bucks is not a bad deal. 
Uh, and then there are all different registration classes. Um, should be able to register and get your hotel. I would have certainly before the end of this month. Jill, thanks for being such a great marketing presence for the meeting and uh, getting the word out across the, the world. How would, how would you recommend everybody would uh, say, I get to ask the questions out. It's fun. Um, how would you recommend people learn more as the process is evolving abstracts program and all that stuff since you're in charge of it? <laughs> yeah. Um, so all of the uh, most up-to-date information will always be on the website on the WCPCCS2023.org website that Gil mentioned. Um, and at that website, you can also follow us on all of our social media platforms on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. Um, and as soon as information goes live on the website, we'll get information live on social media. So um, if you're following all of those and check the website, um, you'll have all of the information as soon as it comes out. Gil, with so many invited international speakers and audience members, we are curious to explore if there were going to be any interpretation services available either during the live meeting or if not afterwards, if anything is shared and released, will it be offered in other languages? Uh, another terrific question. Um, a lot of thought went into this. And like many things, no money, no mission. Uh, this is a $6 million budget. And it's not a... Um, and it's not because people are getting filet mignon at dinner, but uh, labor rates and everything has gone through the roof. And we made a commitment not to raise the registration fees. So we're very, very dependent on philanthropic and uh, industry support. Uh, and I hope that many of them get a chance to listen to this and can feel really good about bringing people over from low and low resourced countries. Um, the other part of the mission, which is to be global and to leave enduring materials depends on what our financial supports are. First, we did, we made a, a commitment not to have a virtual meeting, mainly because of the 24 time zones involved with live transmission. We haven't during COVID thought much about that um, because they're usually uh, geographically tight conferences. Um, so we've decided if we have the funding uh, to record as much as we can, if we have more funding and a good server, we can place that stuff for later viewing. And then if we have even more funding, we can either have it subtitled or translated. So it's a sort of tiered fund. If, if anybody's got $6 million, we're, we're happy to take that. Uh, but the biggest challenge, quite honestly, um, is fundraising, uh, especially when you make a commitment not to raise the registration. Um, I don't have $6 million, but if I did want to make a small contribution or like if any listener privately wants to make a contribution, is there a way to donate? Um, I'm really glad you said that because I we haven't actually set something up like that, but I have a steering committee meeting in about 23 minutes. So it's something that, uh, that I'll bring up. Um, I've seen some other meetings where you can almost round up and help sponsor someone coming from another country. Um, we certainly have had some great support from uh, some philanthropic groups, uh, such as uh, the Foad Mabasala um, Foundation for Sudden Cardiac Death in the Young, uh, from Enduring Hearts, um, and then a few others uh, that have helped with uh, certain sessions. We've, uh, we've, we've told industry if they'd like to sponsor a certain session because they have a certain interest in that area, 
uh, as long as the from a CME perspective, and I should mention that also from a CME perspective, um, they can't have their content there, but they certainly can say um, this session on pacing is sponsored by Medtronic, something like that. Uh, CMEs are given by um, Johns Hopkins. Uh, they'll be up to 46. Uh, so it's almost sort of your two-year thing if you come for the week. CEUs are given by Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, and there will be perfusion credits, social work credits, psychology credits, et cetera. Well, Gail, I, I just can't even imagine all the work that's gone into preparing this conference, and it just seems just extraordinary. I'm actually worried I won't get in all the amazing things that are happening at the same time. You know, normally we always complain in pediatric cardiology that when we go to these large meetings, it always seems as if the only two sessions on pediatrics are happening at the same time. Uh, now there's like 14 sessions going on simultaneously. I think it's going to be uh Definitely the kind of meeting where one's going to have to sit down with the program the night before and carefully map out your day because there's going to be so many exciting things uh, to go to, listen to, watch. I, you know, I just can't even imagine the level of complexity that this has been in terms of uh, preparing it and uh, you and the entire committee and Jill. It's just really nothing short of extraordinary and I think is probably emblematic of the theme of the meeting, which is collaboration. And uh, I can't even imagine the level of collaboration needed. And uh, I'm learning about collaboration just today by working on my podcast with another podcast. So I see you've already enhanced collaboration just <laughs> in this one podcast. So, uh, And I want to mention to the listeners that there will be links to the uh, website for the meeting in the show notes. So nobody has to remember exactly what Dr. Warnowski was so kind as to uh, provide for us. They'll all be there, a simple link, and you'll be able to get all the information. And I would remind everybody that the website is evolving very rapidly. And so the amount of information you see this week is probably going to look very different than two or three weeks from now. Well, Gil, uh, this uh, meet, this has been a really fascinating conversation. We're all super excited. I'm just going to finish up by just asking if there are any other uh, exciting news that you might want to share about and any new things that, you, that you're expecting are going to come through the meeting that maybe we didn't uh, touch on this afternoon. One, logistic, and two, content. So the logistic thing I should mention is that, for the, especially for the United States listeners, the conference ends on the Labor Day weekend, the Friday of the Labor Day weekend. So if people want to have family join them or whatever, there are dozens of free museums uh, in Washington through the Smithsonian. Uh, it's a great time to bring your family. The two things that, that I didn't mention yet was the multidimensional anatomy lab and the digital futures hub. The multidimensional anatomy lab is an anatomy lab that is going to go through from heart specimens to angiography to 2D echo to 3D echo to virtual reality to 3D reconstruction. And there's going to be sessions that you basically are walking through the history of uh, visualizing congenital heart disease. Uh, Justin Treader from Cleveland Clinic uh, and Shelby Cuddy are running that uh, from Hopkins. And we're very, very excited about that. Uh, and then we have a digital futures hub, which will include... Um, I'm going to get all these wrong because I'm a, I'm a boomer, but it's a, a virtual technology and, and augmented reality and reality, reality. I, I don't know what any of this stuff is, but you wear these big glasses and, and you get to see how everything is done. Um, so it, it, we're very, very excited. It, it, it's in a special part. It's never been done again. So we have 
the, the Rob, you and I both work with Stella Van Prague, and we were we were just so blessed to have that opportunity with the specimens. The younger generation hasn't necessarily seen that. And that's probably better. But to watch the the evolution of us getting an understanding of the heart all the way out to the stuff that Dave Axelrod and others are doing out at Stanford, um, I'm really looking forward to that as well. Well, I would say that sounds very exciting, almost as good as getting some fresh bread from Dr. Von Prague. Those of us may remember she and was... And Baklava. That's right. Not only an extraordinary pathologist uh, of extraordinary fame uh, and one of the nicest people you ever meet, but also a great baker as well. Well, I, there, there was nothing like the smell of formalin and baklava at the same time. I mean, it's kind of hard to describe on a podcast, but uh, I'll, I'll leave that to your imagination. Well, uh, I think with that point, we're going to leave things where we are. I want to uh, thank, first of all, uh, my co-hosts and for allowing me to be a co-host, uh, Deanna, Jill, David, Lillian, and Sadie. And uh, most of all, I want to thank uh, Dr. Wernofsky. It has been a great pleasure and an honor to have you join both the PCICS podcast and PD Heart this week. And for those listening... Don't be surprised if you see a couple of episodes come out of this meeting from both both different podcasts. I definitely plan to record at least one or two episodes while we're there as well. So, Gil, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you, my co-host, for being so kind as to allow me to join you this week on your podcast. Rob, thank you. I, I also want to mention, since I didn't have the chance, that uh, Rob's podcast is one of our first educational partners of the World Congress. Uh, and we're very pleased that uh, some of the Enduring materials will come through your uh, really successful podcast. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Y'all getting psyched now? That was awesome. To conclude this special collaboration between the PCICS podcast and PD Heart, we end with only the second scientific guest to also be our musical guest. Many of you know of Dr. Warnowski's other life as a musician, and he's one of the founders of the Baby Blue Sound Collective, which is a music group composed of pediatric cardiologists, heart surgeons, nurses, and more to support children and adults with congenital heart disease, and they get together to make music with 100% of the proceeds of their music going towards efforts to improve research for kids and adults with congenital heart disease, and their music can be downloaded on most streaming platforms. Today we end the podcast with the Sound Collective playing the lovely song, My Beautiful, which was written by Scott Crippane and Carrie Kimmel. The vocal soloist is Donovan O'Rourke, and the vast majority of players are people involved in the care of congenital heart patients, including our own guest this week, Dr. Warnofsky, on the keyboards, and his son Simon on the drums, to name just a few of the many contributors to this song. Thank you once again to the PCICS podcast for allowing me to tag along with them. And thanks most of all to Dr. Warnofsky. I hope you all have a great week ahead and have a chance to take a look at the World Congress website sometime real soon. All I see is the beauty that you gave to me. All I want is to let go of the past. And move on Close my eyes and I'm haunted By the memories I don't understand Why you're gone And love doesn't live
I'm beautiful.